Welcome to episode three of our Pink Floyd journey. We are Light the Sky podcast, and we are bringing you more, literally. The third album by Pink Floyd. Uh, debatable whether, whether or not it is uh, part of the discography. I believe the band does not include this as part of their discography, but I could be wrong. I think I read that somewhere, but it's a part of the Wikipedia uh, discography. It's a part of the discog, so we are going to include it. It may be a um, you know an afterthought, or it's a soundtrack album for those of you who have not heard it or paid attention to it much because, you know, I include myself in that unknown uh, category up until this week because I have never heard one single song off this album, didn't watch the movie, um, and they put out two albums in 1969, so, uh, you know, which one are you going to pick? Amagama, uh, the half-live, half-original album, or are you going to pick the full original soundtrack album to the film of the same name, which if you haven't seen the film, well, I tried watching it, and, um, well, <laughs> check it out if you like. It's fine. I would have watched it, but um, uh, my son had a nightmare, so we stopped it and really weren't that encouraged to finish it anyway. So um, whatever. <laughs> yeah, hippies get high, I guess. Like, that's just kind of the, the gist of it, it seemed to be. So, um, yeah, it's 1969, right? So it's uh, Pink Floyd have still not entered the 70s, and they still aren't going to enter the 70s because it is the 60s, and we put out at least one album per year. Ambitious gives us a lot to work with. Stay tuned for 13 tracks of more. Kevin, take it away with your opening statement. Sure. Um, so this was a tough one for me. And, uh, you know, I'm just kind of going to voice what, uh, you know, if those of you who have been following on the Light the Sky podcast VHS home game might be thinking if you're following <laughs> along and uh, listening. Uh, my statement is it's a bit boring. And <laughs> I'm going to give this a, uh, you know, I'm just going to go low. I'm going to say it's a four out of ten. Uh, Chris, with thoughts? Uh, yeah, I'm not going to go that far. I, I actually really liked this album, surprisingly. Um, I can see there's still a little bit of the experimental on here, but um, there's uh, yeah, a lot of like real songs here. Uh, since David Gilmore came in here. So uh, my one statement is experimental gives way to conventional as far as the songwriting. And um, my score is actually fairly high at 7.5. Oh, wow. Is that the highest one yet for you? Uh, for Pink Floyd, oh, maybe. You are the one Pink Floyd fan giving more the same rating as Piper at the Gates of Dawn. Ambitious. Wow. Okay. Looking yeah. forward to hearing more. Uh, good point mm -hmm. there, too, about David Gilmore's first, I believe, vocal contributions as lead vocalist uh, to the Pink Floyd category. And it hits you across the face right away for sure. Alex, what are your thoughts? Yeah, this one, I don't know. It, it didn't really do a whole lot for me. I guess my one sentence is, I don't know if I would have considered this a studio album. Uh, I think maybe I would have just like made it be under the soundtrack and not put it in the full discography. I don't know if that really hurts them at all, if anybody really cares that much, but uh, I'm kind of more in line with Kevin. Um, I'm going to give it a four and a half out of 10. Uh, I will say though, I think there's a song on this album that is my favorite Pink Floyd song up until this point that I never heard before. I just discovered it on this, this past week and Holy smokes, I didn't know Pink Floyd did that. So We'll, cool. we'll, we'll, we'll allude to it in a little bit. 
Yeah, it seems like they were going in a few directions that they otherwise wouldn't have gone on because they were writing music for film, or at least music to be included as a soundtrack. Um, difference between score and soundtrack, um, it really is is arbitrary. But uh, in in at least uh, from from my perspective, score is music that is written to specific cues of the film, and soundtrack is music that is written and included in the film. So um, a little bit of both here across this two sides, seven and six sides. Uh, uh, a and B side here. Um, I am also going to stay in the pit here and give it a four. Uh, I will just call this optional music for the diehards. Optional. Even if you're a diehard. Hmm. I, I like that. I like that. Uh, not forgettable, but still optional. So let's take it away. Trek by track. Kevin, start us off. All right, here we go. We're going to start off with Cirrus River. Blazing in the haze of midday Laughing in the grasses and the graves Yellow bird, you are not long in singing and in flying on In laughing and in leaving Willow weeping in the water Waving to the river daughters Swaying in the ripples and the reeds On a trip to Sears Yeah, I mean, right away, this is what I was talking about, where it just hits you in the face with uh, David Gilmore. And um, it's just so interesting to hear something that just sounds so Division Bell. Um, I I don't know specifically what song off Division Bell there might be, but um, it just sounds so iconic right off the bat, just his voice. And it's just, you know, he's a singer that really never used a lot of range. So therefore, he sounds as good as he does then now so you know for better for worse that's him and he hits you right off the bat with uh with his voice so uh you know it's nice and appreciated and some of those organ chords uh later on in the song are really haunting i think it's a it's a nice little piece that uh, really doesn't feel like a soundtrack or something just written to fulfill a contractual agreement but actually like a decent sound itself Right. Yeah, this is uh, yeah. with this song, I wish, yeah, the instrumental part wasn't so long because, yeah, this um, like three over three minutes of this song is just kind of instrumental kind of wandering um, with some kind of uh, you want to call it kind of dissonant and melodic uh, kind of yeah, kind of keyboard and instrumental parts that kind of come together, which again, I because again, I didn't watch the film, but I can picture is for these are you can tell these are songs that are written for a specific scene for a specific part of a movie and so i kind of i guess i can appreciate it a little bit more that you can see they kind of nailed that on the head uh i just wish yeah that it didn't meander as much as it did because again you like you said it's got that yeah that what would become kind of iconic as far as yeah just the david gilmore vocal style with the very light guitar mm-hmm. and uh yeah it's not a song that i went back to but again it was kind of nice to see that okay they're getting into the or away from the sid barrett era now where uh, of course you still got the experimentation you still got the again the i guess at this point it's not like normal experimentation it's more meandering experimentation so okay well we're just gonna have three quarters of the song just instrumental and then we're gonna have like these kind of 
cryptic lyrics and that take up like the first minute and a half or whatever. And um, yeah, again, for what it is, it's interesting, but uh, I think there's more interesting examples uh, kind of down the album. So sure. Yeah. This, this album is tough because so many songs on this personally, I was listening to and being like, yeah, it, it's fine. You know, that's, yeah. that's <laughs> so many of these songs I could have just written down. Yeah, it's it's fine. There's nothing offensive about it. There's nothing I, I, I like hate about it, but there's also nothing that I feel like, man, I'm really in the mood for some serious minor. Like, nah, probably not. But yeah, that's kind of that the whole ending part of this kind of reminded me of uh, the title track Saucerful full of secrets with the organ like yeah mm-hmm. and then I, I just got tired of it because uh, we did that last last album and it was better than than it is now i'm looking forward to the so. point where we can actually legitimately debate pink floyd album order because it's just been a slop <laughs> it's been like a soup yeah, of songs how, yeah how, how are you gonna talk about a soundtrack album order like who knows yeah. so maybe this was good for the scene or however it works yeah so. but 13 songs yeah. you have to have some coherency to it look they put main theme at song like seven or <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> usually that's yeah. the opener right and, uh, <laughs> and every score i've listened to all right we're gonna move on here to the nile song alluding to in my opening statement and i wrote in my notes punk floyd question mark like the song's amazing I- i'd never heard this song before prior to this uh this listen it's super heavy it sounds like there's bass chords going on. it's like proto punk almost like heavy rock like and mm-hmm. or like iggy and the stooges it's just, I, I love this song. I couldn't believe it when I heard it. I'm like, Pink Floyd has gotten this heavy? I, I had no idea. So, I, I mean, never really saw it again either. Yeah. And then I, yeah. I, I sent this to our singer, who, who, again, I was mentioning in the last episode, he's a big Pink Floyd fan. And I'm like, dude, we could literally cover this song and I think it would be cool. And he's like, yeah, maybe. So, <laughs> I, I, I think that would be cool. But yeah, this song's incredible. I, I was very pleasantly surprised to hear this mm-hmm. song. So, very cool. Yeah, I, I feel like there's a better version of the song later on in the album. Um, but I agree with the direction. It is interesting. Um, here's what I would do with the lyrics. <laughs> oh, the classic paper crop. Terrible. That opening is, but thanks for playing that opening. Because, I mean, it's just so far out of their, I mean, I know that they're, uh, they're weird, um, you know, to begin with, uh, and it hasn't really hasn't been something that they would, um, you know, it, I guess they were confusing to begin with, but this just screams like we had to write 
uh, a song for a certain scene and we had to just put these types of lyrics in it and it just the way it starts out is just so um it, trash can inducing for me like it really isn't anything that i would would uh, uh go back to or really kind of bring up or you know there's a better version of this song later on in this album i think so that's where i would go for that type of pink floyd which you will never see again um but credit to the very first uh chronological dave gilmore guitar solo uh yeah out there uh yeah i, was, I had that too. yeah i uh yeah the lyrics again are kind of again i don't know i mean this is definitely not their bread and butter like uh, kind of that late 60s hard rock uh, but I appreciate, yeah, because I mean, it's it's uh, like that dirty kind of stretch. It's just right up at the verge of breaking up, where it just feels like the speaker is just going to come apart. Uh, and I love, I mean, yeah, you can say what you want about the lyrics, but I loved, yeah, just his delivery. I mean, going back to what Alex said, I mean, it sounds like early '80s hardcore. Yeah, just, ah! I mean, it feels like he's gonna, yeah, terror. I mean, for a guy who was very subtle uh, in his vocal deliveries, it was kind of interesting just seeing him almost tearing his throat out. Um, but uh, yeah, on the guitar solo, uh, yeah, Kevin, if you could play at uh, 148, uh, I again, it's yeah, yeah, it's just yeah, it's. Yeah, it's yeah, like it just got that issues. small. You just can't you can't hear it that well. But it's there. It's like it's, 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 yeah, 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 it's yeah, it's like that quintessential yeah. kind of garage rock, kind of like blue chair, like that kind of where again it's muddy. It's not. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. You've got again modern compressed over here, and then right over there you've just got a full open. Yeah, just yeah, not a lot of junk in the chain. It's just like this is what it is. Yeah, just strat into a fender combo up. Yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I, this, this is a kind of Pink Floyd that I really liked discovering. I wouldn't want it all the time, but I'm so glad that it's here. Mm -hmm. That's, that's kind of how I feel like it. I'm like, oh man, I'm kind of glad that they did this. Well, where would Would I want this like all the time? Elsewhere in their discography. I don't know. Like, (laughs) yeah, it wouldn't have have really fit, but I'm just, it's like discovering a new facet to the band. And it's weird this early in their career too. I mean, yeah, where they just kind of. Uh, but again, this was kind of uh, this was like a, an album that wasn't necessarily kind of in the normal kind of chain. Uh, but it was weird because, yeah. again, where you have like Cirrus Minor, which is this weird little and then all of a sudden you have this. Yeah, just full on. And that's the one thing that surprised me when I was when I the first time I listened to it, I'm like, whoa, I just coming through my car, my car speaker. I'm like, OK, this is really. And then Dave comes in and it's just like, ah, I mean, it's yeah, you know, the way like he's that. rhyming the words there just gets to me. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to figure as far as the lyrics. I don't know. I mean, my takeaway was because I know there is one of the central characters, I think, in the movie is just like this. You got the female who's kind of just as screwed up as the main character. And it just I don't know. I don't know if it was just a woman following a woman on, on a collision course. Maybe you. I mean, you kind of watched part of the movie, Mark. I mean, you, I'm assuming that the female <laughs> I lead. I don't, I don't think I got to the woman. <laughs> Oh, you didn't even get there? Okay, you got it. Yeah. <laughs> the woman wow, no, okay. There was a, a hitchhiking scene and a bus. and. <laughs> okay, well, if anybody out in our <laughs> yeah. audience... And then, yeah. and then there's a black TV. There, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just, I just yeah, rolled but, over and fell asleep. But that, but that was my interpretation, and I guess you could say, I guess the, the, the guttural kind of structure, I guess, kind of fits that. But anyway, that's all I have to sure. say. All right, well, we got some more songs to move on here. Uh, we're going to move on here. 
to crying songs. first song I can think of in their uh, discography where you really have the balance of uh, of of, of um, Roger Waters songwriting and David Gilmer's vocals. That's where I feel like this song just sits right there in the pocket uh, between those two. And I think it's a it's a balance that they would build upon uh, going forward, obviously. But um, it's so much of a Rogers Roger Waters songwriting and it is so well sung by David Gilmore. Um, I like this song a lot. Yeah, it's uh, one of those, I guess you could say, like the a guilty pleasure. Uh, it's a very 60s sounding song yeah. as far as well, even pop. No, stinking no, but, 60s. But, that's but yeah, sure. but yeah, like kind of like, uh, like, almost, you know, it's funny, the chord structures, especially in that uh, after like the repeated verse, uh, like the laughter echoes in your eyes almost reminds me of like the chords you would see in like a Disney movie. Just the way he sings it. Yeah, just like you could see it like just in some kind of whether it's Mary Poppins or or or, or the like. Yeah, I just kind of got those vibes from those core choices. Uh, it's very unique. It's very almost cinematic, uh, like family. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but uh, yeah, and it's Warm probably blanket, the most... For sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's very straightforward, too. I mean, as far as you've got like the two repeated verses and then you've got... Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's very interesting. Very easy to remember, too. Honestly, with this song, um, it kind of started and... For the first 30 seconds, I didn't even know the song was here. I just, the song is kind of dull to me. It's all right. Oh, but it's it one of those songs. In. I'm sorry. It just keeps. It's like getting it, out of bed. Just, they, they, <laughs> they come up and I was listening to this in the, the, the beginning of a work morning and it was just a snooze fest. So take it away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was, I, yeah. I was going to say, to be honest, um, you know, I was thinking about Cirrus Minor. And that one didn't do a whole lot for me, to be honest. I will say I like this one a little bit more. I actually kind of do like the melody. You know, I was driving around, and it was a nice fall day yesterday uh, for, for Halloween, or maybe it was a couple days ago, I don't know. But I was, like, driving through, like, the Inverness kind of Barrington area, and this was playing. And uh, it, I don't know, it just it kind of worked. Maybe it was just, like, the time of the time of the year we're just you know looking at the leaves and stuff and it was a little yeah. overcast and i was driving and it was kind of a calming nice drive home so I, I didn't mind it that much i mean i wouldn't say it's a top song on the record for me but for maybe one of the slower ones i didn't i didn't hate it yeah. so it's definitely a fall yeah. song yeah yeah it kind of it kind of like worked oh. for the time of year and maybe that maybe that's not necessarily fair because like you know if i listened to this in like the summer or something would it have done the same but it just <laughs> at the time it works so you know maybe they got lucky am i the only one giving this a warm blanket <laughs> no i i also kind of threw my hat in the uh, the blanket okay. uh, pool yeah oh, okay right. and now 
Alex's warm blanket. Yeah, okay. and now we, warm, warm, yeah. warm blankets. And now yeah. we, uh, yeah. <laughs> we move to another kind of song. I wonder who's going to give this a warm blanket. That would be It's funny. Again, this is a more conventional record, but again, you still got those experiments on here. Uh, and and say what you want. I mean, I know there were times in their career where yeah, kind of the band kind of kind of pushed as far as Rick Wright's contributions, as far as just being well, he was just kind of a conventional uh, keyboard player. I mean, these are pretty. Uh, I mean, if you're not into jazz, I mean, I, I don't think those are necessarily easy chords to play. I mean, unless you've been studying it for a while. Uh, the, I don't know if it was again as far as whether the song should be on here. I don't know if it was just kind of a well, let's just throw a bone to the two guys who aren't necessarily out front. Yeah, the drummer and the keyboard player. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for what it is, it's interesting. Again, it kind of gives you a jazz club feels. We you can almost feel like the cigarette smoke and the, mm-hmm. the dimness of the room. So yeah, just kind of sitting in the bag, sipping your uh, yeah your mixed drink or whatever. Uh, but. Yeah, I guess I can appreciate it on a musical level, uh, not necessarily a song level. Um, yeah, yeah, so anyway. I'm, I'm going to tear into this song a little bit. It's, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that is, uh, first of all, the keyboard slash organ playing is, like, it's. it sounds like just, like, some really, it's like Thelonious Monk who just, like, mm-hmm. can't get it together. <laughs> like, he just... <laughs> Maybe the band was shooting a little uh, heroin around yeah, this time. Just, what was and, and, you know, those guys were all known for it at the time. I'm talking about uh, all the jazz players and specifically Miles Davis, very um, infamous for it. But, um, oh boy, like it's just not there. And the drumming, like that drumming <laughs> is like rank amateur jazz drumming. Yeah. Like that is yeah. high school level jazz drumming. Mm-hmm. Like it sounds kind of busy, but if you look mm-hmm. at it, it's just the same pattern. And he's just yeah. hitting the kick too yeah. much. Like, yeah, like any right. time a jazz player, just like Kevin, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Just like when you're just laying <laughs> on the kick, like you're right. supposed to use it very sporadically, dude. Like you're not mm-hmm. supposed to be boom, 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 boom. <laughs> like right. it's really supposed to be light and just kind of just accenting and and really just very four way independent and just you're just supposed to use it just time. It's just it's just a really rank imitation of like it just it just like and and in that sense it just comes across as just like a horrible 60s montage music in the context well, of it's it. Like, yeah it, it doesn't kind of go, like oh they're getting ready like oh he's looking around he's not sure where to go like uh did he get his weed no yeah. like he's he, uh, like you know it's just that, that really <laughs> really like like you know for as much like a karate kid montage of the 80s would be like this would this be would like be a, this would be for the 60s it's not a training montage no. it's an i don't know which door yeah. to leave <laughs> montage right that yeah, that's why I was kind of like, maybe, I mean, you guys would be better because you, you're more versed in theory. And But I, it, again, I mean, I looked at it from my perspective, but it, it did feel kind of like out of place, though, big time. Um, but yeah, I, as far as, I mean, you probably could have put something else on there. I don't know. As yeah. far as in the, well, in the movie, though, songs, I don't know. You could have put, put not this on here. Song, exa- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, again, I mean, you're more well versed in that. And yeah, I guess in retrospect, I guess, yeah, it is kind of like almost like a cliche jazz pattern. Mm-hmm. But that's it's yeah. really funny, Mark, that you were kind of commenting yeah. on how you didn't like the drumming because I remember on the last uh, album on Remember a Day, I commented on how I loved Nick Mason's drumming on that fill that kind of came out that sounded like Keith Moon in the Who, right? And then after the episode, Kevin texts me and he's like, "That, that wasn't, wasn't even Nick Mason drumming; it drumming, was the producer." Yeah. So, and then I remember, and then I remember like kind of talking on the first record where I was like, there was one song where uh, Mason was getting a little busy and I'm like, oh, okay, you know, listening more to like The Wall and Pink Floyd. I'm like, I never really heard him get this kind of busy and jazzy and big bandish. And then we got on to this song and I'm like, okay, it's kind of cool to hear this again. And then Mark just crapped Crash, it. crushed it, yeah. So maybe he's really not that great of a drummer. I don't know. <laughs> you know, you know I, I want to, yeah, before, before we end, and I, I didn't mean to cut, um, uh, Kev off, but uh, I remember reading something somewhere, right in like kind of like the proto years of the band, where when they formed, Nick Mason really had only been playing drums like a month or so. Uh, okay, <laughs> it wasn't that long. If you read, go look it up. Read. I mean, it wasn't like he had been playing since he was like ten gotta, years old. He had only well, it been. Sounds it, like it here. Yeah, <laughs> but he supposedly had only had maybe a few months of actual. Yeah, as far as actual time on the drum i mean from not having never been near a kit to two months later they're <laughs> recording their first record so that was kind of an and i this i don't i don't know why i didn't i think maybe it just didn't fit into our discussion but now <laughs> well, that i remember now 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 just listening to you i kind of tear into this yeah i mean i'm not giving him a pass on this turd like it's yeah. just a horrible yeah. just example of yeah. guys jazz. got a great the like, guy's got a not, great car collection it's, it's not like guys who just like don't know how to play like yeah. they're like you know, and to be fair like you know they they kind of are this band it's like it's just like ask metallica to write a jazz song for um <laughs> i don't know karate kid or something <laughs> like, they probably put this out or something just imagine lars trying to play a, a, like a swing feel just, just be double bass in it and everything just <laughs> Alex Van Halen is trying to like whip the, the, out some hot teacher vibes. It's like so, to their credit, I guess like the, the you know they they got cut a check to write a jazz tune, and so they just mailed it in. Like, would you do any? Like, would you do the same? Like, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, who knows? Maybe the director said we, a year. Of course, right. you know, you gotta kind of like churn and burn here. Right. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe the director said we need like this weird little kind of rolling kind of jazz line. They're like, oh god, okay, well, uh, <laughs> sure, yeah, I don't know, just do something. And the director's like probably all whacked out on drugs himself. <laughs> I I, I remember kind of reading up on this album a little bit and I I forgot what it was. Maybe it was the label or the producer or something, but he was saying how impressed he was by the band to come up with like a full album's worth of music in such a short period of time. And maybe you kind of hear it here. Maybe they should have spent a little more time. Yeah, maybe they thought it was just such an easy paycheck. The director comes in just out of his mind they on just, drugs. Yeah. They could just slip them some good weed every time. Yeah. It's just like... Right. Uh, all right. Yeah. Well, I, I I don't have much to say on this because I figured Mark would do it for me, and uh, he took care of it. Boy, no did he. problem. So <laughs> we're going to move on to green yeah. is the color.
it's funny, Ed, uh, here again is kind of, and again, Pink Floyd uh, was kind of breaking around the same time that this other band, the band, if you guys are familiar, uh, man, does this song just scream kind of band, uh, like uh, from that songs from Big Pink, if you guys are familiar with that. Yeah, just you've got the piano. Yeah, that kind of, if you want to call piano. Yeah, just that folk feel to it uh, with the guitar. And it's, I kind of like it. Again, it was another warm blanket moment for me, even if it is a little uh, kind of derivative of those. Yeah, other. Uh, but it's weird because, again, this is a style that you would see uh, like a little a lot later being really kind of blown up with like the Allman Brothers and uh, uh, another kind of you know, Southern rock. And yeah, and, that, and this is kind of really around that time yeah, where that music is just starting to break globally. I don't know how much worldwide it was known at this point, but. And maybe Pink Floyd had that uh, that first record because I think it I think the first band record I think came out about a year before. Uh, but yeah, I, again, it's not very sophisticated, but it's another kind of it's another song that paints a picture. You can kind of almost again, like, I know none of us watched the movie, but you almost can close your eyes and picture. I tried. Like, yeah, I know you tried. I know we. Yeah, I know I we. And, on. we. and we applaud you for it. Uh, and you can just kind of picture. I don't. Yeah, just the main or like a guy and his girl just kind of walking through the countryside or having a picnic or whatever, and just very kind of warm. The sun's out, and shooting yeah, for, heroin. yeah, shooting heroin. Yeah, okay, yeah, <laughs> by a windmill. Yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, so just a very warm sounding song. But again, it has a, re- a lot of folk rock uh, mm-hmm. or folk ballady influences on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I gotta, I gotta say, I, I appreciate this song because. Uh, up until this point, I don't think they ever really did anything quite like this. I mean, obviously with Sid, uh, like on the Gnome and Scarecrow, like they were doing sort of the little ditties uh, here and there, but the, they kind of were like little <laughs> oh, no. like nur- like nursery rhyme type songs. <laughs> but this one, I, I kind of appreciated it. It was kind of comforting. Um, I, I'm not too familiar with the band, to be honest, but so I, I totally believe that. And yeah. honestly, the band I heard, and we're, you know, fast forwarding like a good almost 30 years, but I don't know if you guys would have known this band, but there was a, a great band from Scotland called uh, Bell and Sebastian that I, I really like a whole lot. And they had this one huge record in, in the mid 90s called If You're Feeling Sinister. And it's like very kind of calming, like artsy. You know, like coffee shop kind of music that I would almost say it's kind of high browish, and I hear almost a lot of that influence in that band. And I would be interested if they were big kind of Floyd fans, and they said, "Well, let's kind of start a band around this song," because uh, I could kind of hear it. And in that way, because I'm such a big fan of that that band and that record, uh, that's why I kind of bent an ear to this one. So I appreciated this song. I have to ask a question of our listening audience here. Um, I was kind of liking this song, and then we have this improv at the end, and and maybe this gets a pass because it's we're in a little improv section. But anybody hear this maybe bum note in the flute around two twenty eight? Let's see. <laughs> what was that? Oh, that boom sound kind of. No, that uh, was dun dun dun. Somebody's voice cracked. 
I'm not I'm not sure. I I enjoyed it the first two times I listened to it, and then on the third time I heard that, and I could never unhear well, it. Well, again, and I now think, I just now I just think of it at the end. I think that's indicative of the whole general tone of who cares on this album. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, you know, it's, guys. yeah, there's one more thing I want to, that kind of jumped out at me. Uh, again, I'm not sure how familiar you, uh, you guys are with, uh, the band traffic, uh, with their version of feeling all right. The vocals, uh, if you guys have a chance to listen to that later, the vocals actually, now that I think about it, are very similar to this. Uh, and that came out, I think a y- year later and yeah, just that high kind of falsetto, uh, yeah, that kind of David's doing here. Um, yeah, the lead singer of traffic really kind of. And almost the same kind of, now that I think about it, the same kind of chord choices, too. But uh, you guys can do that later. But yeah, that was another thing that jumped out at me. Sure. All right, let's uh, keep rolling with the album soundtrack, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you're going to go to Symbol. Say the song title correctly. Symbol line, I guess. Yeah, it, it shows how much I know. No, it's okay. This go ahead. This is probably you talk about probably the most British song on the record. I mean, just as far as yeah, if you're not from yeah the the mother country, I don't think you could. Because again, I'm like, what is symbol line? I don't think I still have figured out what uh uh what I think it means something, but I have I really couldn't figure it out. But I would yeah, read even symboline. Yeah, as an American. You're right. Uh, but even, even the lyrics, I mean, were kind of, I was kind of laughing at, uh, it's just as far as just how British intellectual kind of the apprehension creeping like a tube train up your spine. Okay. Will the tightrope <laughs> like train up your yeah, spine. spine? Whatever they, will the tightrope <laughs> reach the end? Much. Yeah. Will the tightrope reach the end? Will uh, the final couplet rhyme? I'm like, okay. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, I was kind of, and it was funny, I think this song was like one of the singles off the, I mean, if there was a single that I guess kind of was played even later on in there, up through the early 70s. Uh, but yeah, very loungy sounding. Um, this almost felt, feels like something, again, uh, on the uh, the most recent David Gilmore solo record. Uh, the, yeah, uh, what Rattle was that they, song? Uh, Rattle That, uh, 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 was it Rattle That Lock Rattle was the that record? Lock. Right? Yeah, but again, it has that. Was, it, um, it, the girl it has, in the pretty blue dress, or something. Right, it has that feel to it. Yeah, really. Maybe I don't know. I don't know if he was listening to back to this record, kind of looking for for inspiration. But uh, mm. uh, again, it's interesting. It kind of again, it makes you feel good. Uh, kind of nice, kind of dreamy. And a lot of the songs on here have that dreamy feel to it. Uh, but uh, yeah, the one kind of if I had a, the one problem I had with it is just it's just too British for me. Uh, it's just <laughs> I had I was trying to figure out. Yeah, yeah, what was going on, and I just couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't pull any sense from it as an American. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I, I've been thinking. So I was sort of 
coming up with my uh, album rating before the uh, podcast tonight, and I was seeing which ones I'm going to love and which ones I'm going to flush. And you know, I'm looking at it, it's kind of interesting to me because it's pretty easy for me just to be kinder to the actual songs because there's a few transition tracks here and there. So it's like, all right, well, it's harder for me to take those ones seriously. Just and it's not their fault. It's just it's part of the album, and you need to have some transition music. So this one, I don't mind the melody so much. Again, it was sort of kind of comforting on that drive, similar to the crying song. Just kind of you know going for a drive during the fall. It kind of worked for me. Um, I thought it was kind of funny that Kevin played the beginning, the bada, the mindless. Was that David the Bada Paz <laughs> kind of going off there? I had the, the scat, the scatting, yeah. the scatting. I thought, I thought that was you were kind of go funny. Leprechaun on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the memory remains. Right, God, yeah. right, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly the leprechaun. <laughs> yeah, but no, this one, this one's all right. Uh, I, I, I didn't mind it too much. It, it's a little different, I guess. Coming out of green is their color. It's a little bit more, yeah, loungy. I guess would be a good way to put it. So yeah, yeah it's all right. Mm. All right. Um, well, I, I believe we're closing out side two, one with the next song, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> I don't know if anybody can check me on that. Oh, uh, yeah. is so this like Least coherent yeah, side of an album I've ever heard. <laughs> I was going to say, is this like closing out with Intruder, for those of uh, you who flushed Pretty Woman, of which I believe I was one. Um, but we're going to close out with Party Sequence. Can't wait. This is the vibe. Like this music sounds like a, um, a, a music from a video game of this level that you hate and you can't beat and you're playing it over. And you know what I mean? I don't know why I got that vibe. Like you die and then you get the loading screen and then you got and you're just like, I'm just sick of this music. I feel like you got to restart the level and then you finally get to that section. You know, where you get that section, this music starts, and it's the boss section of, of whatever it yeah. is, and here we go, get to die get again. kicked into this mode that you don't like, and it always has this music in it. <laughs> just like, I hate this mode just for this music. And you know what it also reminds me to? This is a deep cut reference, but um, it reminds me of the, um, the 1980s classic uh, featured very prominently and very favorably on Mystery Science Theater Hobgoblins during the party sequence in that film. <laughs> And they've got this ridiculous song. Um, I think I'll pull it up. But it's just like this ridiculously it? 80s, just like, like you know what I'm talking about, Kevin. Like that. Uh, oh, yes. It's the 80s. Yeah, yeah. Like, do a lot of coke and vote for Ronald Reagan. And like, this is like the 60s equivalent of this. This is just like every 60s stupid party that is just like, that's like... Because we're all we like it's like the most stereotypical thing. Like this song isn't any better than that that hobgoblins ditty in my book. You know what I I, I gotta say, and I was thinking about this, uh, you know, kind of when you were talking there, Mark. Maybe this is sort of a maybe this could be where my contender uh, question comes in here. But let's think about this: if the movie was way better and way more successful, do you think people would love this album more? And I think I'm going to almost say yes. And, and maybe that's kind of an obvious, but maybe the fact that the movie 
probably wasn't that big. You know, I, I assume more people know about the movie because Pink Floyd did the music for it versus the other way around. Yeah. And, you know, I, I thought of a couple movies where I, I heard this very same idea. One being absolute classic movie that I grew up on. Maybe a bit of a... I don't know how well this movie would do if it came out today, uh, just based on some of the subject matter. It might have gotten the past back then, but today it would be a little dicey. But uh, Peter Sellers' movie that I grew up loving, called it's actually called The Party, and it actually came out in 1968. And uh, I hear a lot of that music, sort of the bongo drums and sort of jazzy, yeah. loungy, almost kind of French at times. I hear a lot of that in that movie. And then I mentioned in the last episode, uh, Jodorowsky's The Holy Mountain, which came out in 73, which is a huge cult movie. And that was the one where he made it to kind of simulate an LSD trip without being on it. And I'm thinking to myself, man, if Pink Floyd did the soundtrack for that movie, I think people would have thought this was incredible. And because that movie was sort of, it's got a huge cult following uh, from what I've came to learn. And a lot of this stuff I kind of hear in that movie and maybe Jodorowsky, you know, listen to this album and is like, oh, I kind of want that idea on my movie, uh, sort of Spanish at times. And I'm going to allude to that a little bit later, which might be kind of obvious. But yeah, I was just thinking about that. Like, man, if, if the movie was better, I think... You know, I would have appreciated this a little more. I think, or maybe more people would have appreciated it more. Well, to answer that question um, in the inverse, I suppose, what movie, cult movie, made a song that was otherwise mediocre much more famous? Or what band kind of had their little break because of an independent movie? Um, anything come to mind? Ooh. Probably some... 80s movie. Well, okay, yeah, yes, I, yes. I because will give Alex... you one. I will give you one right now. My favorite movie of all time. Kevin knows it. Nobody Jesus else freaking. No, 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 no. Nobody freaking knows this movie. But a late 80s Michael J. Fox movie called The Secret of My Success. My yeah. favorite oh, movie. Yeah. My favorite. Know that one. My, my favorite movie of all time. And Night Ranger did the theme song to that movie. And it's an incredible song, in my opinion. I was fortunate enough to see them play that live. But that's one of those songs where, because I love the movie so much, I love the song. And I think a lot of people know that song because of the movie. I don't know, Kevin, would you, do you have any opinions? But I know you've seen Dream well, Warriors. That, well, yeah, that didn't, launch, that didn't help the launch. I mean, because the Night Ranger came out in the early 80s. So yeah, I don't think I, that, I, yeah, Night uh, Ranger yeah. was already already big at that point. Yeah. But that's just one of but those do, ones where it's, it's not people kind really, of big. <laughs> do people really know that song, though? I think so. What was the what was the name, the name of the song? The name of the song is called "The Secret of My Success." Oh, okay, it's the title. Maybe, it's the theme song title track. Are huge newsers, but um, I would say that um, with the, you know, Back to the Future and oh. Huey Lewis and the News. Oh, the power of like love and Back like, in Time. That's yeah. way bigger. Like as popular well, as yeah. that band was, they're still kind of a, a half obscure band only like american psycho and back to the future have really made them like the, those aren't yeah even, like, really I, I, I will american i will psycho is, but. yeah i will say back to the future definitely boosted that band i mean they were they were successful but i think that really kind of blew up their profile internationally i mean yeah that's mm -hmm. uh, yeah so i guess you could say maybe that's kind of like a half uh yeah kind of version you could count 
Uh, anyway, uh, where, what song are we talking about? No, okay, yeah, we, we, spent, we spent a lot of time talking about a goddamn bongo party sequence. So maybe <laughs> so we move on. Yeah, it's, it's one minute long. We've already spent five talking about it. Come on. Right, well, right. get to, let's get to the main theme. I've honestly been dying to get to the main theme. I can't wait to flip over the vinyl here. Hear the gong and just know that everything in my life is perfect. Just <laughs> lead a heroic afternoon. All right, this is me. themes that you know fall into popular consciousness or everybody knows uh this is not one of those <laughs> yeah. at, at, yeah, at all you were right. humming uh, that uh, waiting for the no light to no turn you know th- this is not alan silvestri's back to the future any number one of john the williams scores Park, yeah there's <laughs> this a ain't billion it. of those no 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 i said i wrote down this song is 100 percent bathroom break <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it goes on for five and a half minutes. Don't, I, I don't know what I don't know exactly what theme was here yeah. because <laughs> what what what, what ro- repeating motif yeah. was here besides panning gong? I'm like ooh panning <laughs> gong. That's exactly ooh. what I was gonna say. Like, don't you think your main theme should have a theme? <laughs> like, yeah. like, a prerequisite that there's something there because they're they're nothing. They're just, you know, I will give him a little bit of credit. It does fit within the lexicon of what was being written. Like, I did get a little bit of Bernard Herrmann vibes, and Bernard Herrmann was the sure, one of the most yeah. prolific film composers. Really, was Alfred Hitchcock's like main man, mm-hmm. um, and Go did to, everything yeah. up until Taxi Driver. Um, so, uh, which was really his career was about over at this point, um, and he was about to retire. So, uh, but I do still kind of get um, you know some like thematic vibes, but they're just like a lack of a main theme. Just like call it. <laughs> Just like call it like movement number one or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. Not main theme. Yeah, th- this is the definition of just kind of like it's just soundtrack <laughs> music, but yeah, very. I mean, it's not on the same level as some of the more kind of prolific. Uh, but again, this is a band who was just like approached by a very underground director. Oh, can you? Yeah, can you throw this thing together in a short amount of time? Okay, here we go. Okay, main theme. All right, here. <laughs> I can just imagine if I were the director of some movie and I walked in, guys, what's my main theme? This would <laughs> <laughs> be like, dude, no. And it's, and it's, this and it's this is like that amazing. story where Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks fired the people who were writing that thing you do song and just decided to write it himself because he didn't like the, the version. That's it. Guys, you're off. I just want to submit my bid for a project. Right. Include this as the main right. theme. 
I know. Yeah, it's, it's, at this point, like, the, maybe the only reason this is considered decent is because it's attached to the Pink Floyd name. Because, you know, what, this main theme would cross any, you know, yeah, yeah, anybody's and, 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 definition of any decent. Right, and, and, they, and they didn't even have the brand yet. I mean, in 69, yeah, I mean, they really hadn't well, gotten to that. Uh, but yeah, it's where, I mean, I, I think Mark's, I mean, yeah, the yeah, the kind of progressive sense and the ambient guitar kind of like, okay, I like that. It kind of gives me kind of good nighttime feels. But uh, what is it with the the intro? The uh, was it where it's almost like, again, I, th- I think they kind of did it maybe a little. I know Mark kind of crapped on that song, Lucifer Sam, on the first record where it had like that spy caper intro. Yeah. Uh, they oh, do it here gosh. again, but not as good. At 117, yeah, Kevin, can you play that? Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. There's some more mail it in drumming too. It's weird. Yeah, I don't know what the. Yeah, again, this is. I think they this again was a band that didn't quite have all the tools figured out yet. Asking to do something that really wasn't even on their track. I mean, on their as far as their path, their musical path, it was like a side thing, and they had to throw it together at the last second. Okay. And again, main theme. All right, here we're gonna do this. Okay, this kind of sounds like when you start off a movie. We're gonna throw these weird ambient things here. We're gonna have a gong. Ooh, that'll open up the you know, with the with the credits. All right, here we go. And then yeah, why are we opening up side two with with this? Yeah, because if you put this on side one and open up with it, then nobody. Would yeah, to the maybe album. that's why. Maybe that figured this out now. Yeah, or, or it's know, just like, honestly, what did Kevin say? Drugs. <laughs> yeah, the, honest, the movie the movie starts in the middle. Yeah, <laughs> see, and that's why I bring it back to my opening statement, where the band should have never considered this to be a studio album. Because I asked myself, like, I don't know if anybody really cared enough, like, if it hurts them, but maybe in a way it does. Because I can't just help but think that this this project was very rushed and just not taken seriously, where. I feel like they were maybe just doing the director a favor or maybe you're right. You know, they just got a big check for it and they're just like, ah, we'll do it. It's easy money. (laughs) And they didn't expect really much to ever come of it. But I mean, this like people are going to listen to this album. So it's out there like you're you're considering it a studio album. So, you know, people are going to go and like, oh, what's the third studio Pink Floyd record? And then they hear this and they're like, "Eh, maybe I wouldn't have done that. But uh, Woman and Children first, or it, Master of Puppets, or more. Right, like, I, I would have just, you know, there's plenty of bands that do soundtracks for stuff, and they don't consider it a studio album, and it's like, you know, people will have to go out and and search for it, but this one, they're, like, putting it out there, like, oh, yeah, we're proud of this, we're gonna make this our third studio album, and I'm like, I, I don't know, guys, but uh, it, <laughs> the only thing that really got me for this is uh, it, I put something in the chat, but Kev, can you first play like the opening gong to the actual song and then play the first like 20, 25 seconds of the song I put in the chat and uh, I'd much rather hear the latter. Okay, uh, Alex, I can't play the gong, but I'll play you this. The swell, play the swell maybe yeah. if you could do that. Very stimulating. All right. That's all you need. (laughs) It's it's almost like the exact... It's almost like the exact same sound clip. Almost. Like, I heard that. I'm like, this is Ozzy's... I don't know. 
and I would much rather listen to that song. Well, yeah, that's the conventional song we're here. This is just building. But I was just crazy. So it's opening it, something. It yeah. was literally like I almost thought that Ozzy just copied and pasted the same gong sound. It's like even in the same key. If you could put a gong to a key, it just sure. I, I'm it's like a tonal sound. It, it sounded so similar, and I'm like, did, I'd, he, I'd like to did think he lift so that from the movie? I'd like to I'd like to think at some point when Ozzy was doing the first record, yeah, that yeah he was he had more on his uh, as far as in his back burner yeah, to, for uh, for inspiration. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean it's a fair right. point considering that in the year 2020 we can listen to whatever we want. So do you want to listen to main theme? <laughs> do you want to listen to something <laughs> off of Blizzard of Oz? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> so, let, yeah, let's get through the back half of our album here. However, we have to do that and uh, move on to Ibiza Bar. This is the song I take over the Nile song. Yeah, this is the I, one that I I, 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 figured. I think there's more to it. You know, it, more, it's, more me to it. Yeah, I mean, it's not as yeah. punkish, so I can see why yeah. you uh, you know are more gravitated towards the Nile song, and and this is more Doors and heavy metalish. <laughs> yeah, so I'm gonna gravitate a little bit more towards that, and you know, kind of Dave, you can you can hear Dave starting to put together his solo style. Um, I think it's cool in this context, and really the way I would describe this song is just like alternating between hot and cold on a shower like you know you're just yeah yeah yeah, it gets pretty hot and then they dial it back you know it cools off and then they bring up the heat again and i I really like what they do with this it's a uh, a song i think stands on its own uh and uh, maybe could have been something um you know maybe they could just trim the fat from this or put it out as an lp or a couple of singles because uh 13 songs too much but some some uh good uh, diamonds in the rough for sure Mm -hmm. sure i'm gonna say that this song was so needed um, it, it saved this second half of the record <laughs> yeah. for me from being a total snooze fest. Um, it's boy, pretty much the only redeeming quality. Um, it's kind of interesting. Like when you compare it to the Nile song, it's definitely different, but you have to think like, ah, there's, there's kind of two of them and mm-hmm. it just leads to comparison. So even if you were to make this an EP uh, and would you keep both of them? How would, how would that work? We obviously won't know, but it's interesting to think yeah. about. It's definitely got more of a kind of a Stones kind of vibe to it. Yeah, you could kind mm-hmm. of hear like Mick singing over this. Uh, and with the guitar playing being a little bit of Hendrix, too. I don't know. It just has that kind of probably the heaviest dreamy Gilmore that I guess you can see on here. Uh, and I, it's, it's funny. I know, Mark, you hated the lyrics on the Nile song, but I kind of like them here because, again, it kind of. Almost sounds like you're just singing about somebody or who, who's like who dwells in the abyss. That was kind of what I came away from it. Yeah, I live where I am left on the shelf like the rest, and the epilogue reads like a sad song. Uh, I don't know. That just sounds like somebody who's kind of like I guess hopeless and just like kind of giving themselves to the yeah to the I guess the dark side. 
Uh, and yeah, just like guitar playing on here just really kicks butt. Yeah, very. It's more much clearer than on the Nile song too. Yeah. Yeah, I'll back you guys up on this. I mean, yeah. I, 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 you pretty much stole a lot of my points, but I said the same yeah. thing. The Nile song part two, and because I love the Nile song, I'm naturally gonna love this one as well. I will agree with Kev though. Um, it's tricky because there's the two songs are pretty similar. I mean, obviously there's some different differentiation there, but yeah, it's like, would you need both songs on the album? But I think coming out of maybe a couple of the snoozers before it, it's nice to pick it back up, which is <laughs> cool. So a little kick in the butt. So yeah, I, I, obviously, like I, I love the Nile song, so I love this one too. It's great. I like I like heavy, sludgy, doomy Floyd. It's cool. Yeah. It's grimy. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, unfortunately, uh that closes out our heavy career. Let's let's head on over to Chicago Music Exchange oh, and, boy. and here's some oh, practice yeah. rooms. <laughs> Thanks, Kevin, for ruining that for me, because I was really going to give a little bit to this song. But yeah, it's a hot, sweaty, steamy, rainy Saturday at Chicago Music Exchange. The store closes in 20 minutes, and you just want to, like, some idiot with a telly is just bluesing up the practice room. Just, I just want to test something. I just want to go. Oh, that, yeah, thanks for ruining that. But you know what? Like, Chris, you said that there's a toolbox that they're just playing with uh, yeah. the different tools in, in uh, what's in there, and some of it works, and some of them is just, like, they're just drilling in their own thumb. And uh, I, I feel like there's a... Uh, uh, a little bit of shine on you crazy diamond um, that is starting to just percolate right here. Um, and I, I feel like this is the tool that they would, um, you know, hone their skills with later on with some of their very, very classic songs. I could see that. Uh, I think more than anything, it, it wasn't necessarily just the guitar that got me with the song that led me to think Chicago Music Exchange. It was the fact that the drums keep kicking in and you think all right here it comes here it comes nope. <laughs> they, they stop yeah, every single time and it just sounded like oh hang on did it did it did 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 and oh no that isn't right it just sounded like they were playing two different songs it's it's like that combination of chicago music exchange and when you go into the basement for brand practice and the drummer's just doing whatever and the guitar player is just solely <laughs> mindlessly in the corner and that's oh okay here it is i it, it honestly Third or fourth time through the album, every time I hear the drums start and stop, I started cracking up. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe because it's like it wasn't supposed to happen. Like he accidentally came in and then cut himself off. Yeah. I'll get it you one of these times. You know, it's like, not uh, out of fear of giving Alex ammunition towards me for what I may or may not do in my private life. I got real as far as vibes of somebody getting like a private dance, if you know what I mean. 
Like ah, circa nine. Here circa, we go so, again, Chris. So the spank line. Spank lines. Yes. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Opened up the book I, yeah, again. I was I was afraid to bring <laughs> it up, but I don't. don't <laughs> yeah, don't don't ask me why, but yeah, circa like nineteen seventy five. Oh, yeah, you like one they're of those just dances a, before the show. Right. Yeah. You've got you've got the, you've got the blues guitar, and you've got like this like, some kind of like. Sweaty loser just sitting in the chair, just you know, yeah. You've seen enough movies. Chris, yeah. Chris put on Boogie Nights again. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I, yeah. And again, yeah, like Kevin said, I just, yeah, at least from my perspective, that I, that's why I was laughing at it because I just had like this. Just doesn't sound like a yeah. Just sounds kind of just like cheap background music. I, I, yeah. yeah, and you know, I all cheap background. I, I, I gotta say, okay, real. Let's just say it's yeah. I gotta say, yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't, I totally agree with everything that's said and said so far. I barely put any notes down. I said very Zeppelin, but just not necessary. Right. And to be honest, I feel like it's almost in a way kind of embarrassing. And again, it just <laughs> embarrassing. And all right, here you go. This is as if the hot, sweaty guy sitting in the chair getting get a yeah, dance. Yeah. yeah, you know it, it's it's you know what it is. Practice and it's got a lap dance in the practice rooms. Well, here here's here's the way I think of it, and, and maybe this is not what David Gilmer was going for. I'm sure at, he wasn't at all. But I just you think to try of, out a bass. Th- this is like his. <laughs> you know what it is? Yeah, it's the guy ripping the biggest bull with his open-toed Birkenstock walking in just stinking up the practice room at CME is what it is Jesus I'm like a made in Mexico telly playing out of a crate that's what that is for two hours just crack just crack showing you're pounding on the door and he's playing so loud he can't hear you sir the store is closed okay we gotta get you out of here it's car is towed <laughs> oh my god but no i gotta say i mean this is like david gilmore's first solo piece ever on a pink floyd record all right it's a second record with the band it's his first like the spotlight is on him and this is what he puts out <laughs> Like, look at freaking what Van Halen did. Just like he he yeah. to kick the door down Trendy with Hendrix. Even. Yeah, I mean, come he, on. He, he like take it seriously, man. Like, I guess I gotta give you balls. <laughs> but he didn't care. He, he didn't obviously. Care. And look at these song titles. Obviously, they did not care at all. But like, Dave, dude, like, all right, I gotta. I guess I gotta give you balls for not caring. But like, I'm gonna judge you on this one, man. I mean, like, these song titles. Bad. Are are just more blues, dramatic theme, main theme, party sequence, crying song, and and they, I, just, they, they and, don't care at and, all. And, and, and not really, they, it just thought. And not to say I'm the you know most gifted blues player myself because I'm I'm definitely not. But ah, man, what are you doing, dude? Like keep this. And that's the thing. Like I think there was like a couple songs that made it into the movie that weren't on the album. But no, let's put this one on there. This one goes on the wax. Yeah. Nick can't even get going. David's just solo in the corner. He's just not motivated to <laughs> the, 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 the producer's still rolling the tape. All right, yeah, this is the take, everybody. Let's put this on the record. The director's just blazed out oh. of his mind. Just like, <laughs> the bong is tipped over the head of the amp halfway through. Water all over the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, if that weren't good enough, <laughs> we have to move on. Oh, no. Oh, no. Quick, Do we quick have to? Over. 
Which is almost seven and a half minutes of glory. Through your heart, it ain't hard. I'm sorry to say it, but the experimental tracks are on a downward trend. That's funny. When I saw that it was seven, eight Chris, minutes, I'm like, oh god. Chris, don't tell me that you have like a whole bunch of time indexes for this. Song. <laughs> mm, <laughs> just, no, yes, I don't. Not a whole lot. I just want to move on. <laughs> Can you here, hey, here, this hey, is okay. This is uh, this is all I said. As far as a time, as far as a time, yeah. As, uh, Alex, were you gonna say something? No, I was being sarcastic. Go ahead. Okay. All right. So I, I did have a, I did have, if you want to call it a time east art, but what I said was, yeah, the last two minutes feel like a meandering path to nothing. <laughs> just just like caught in a maze or something. Yeah. In regards to the main character, yeah, like again, it's like. I mean, you could say that, like, that, the start of that part that he started playing me, it sounds like, okay, this is the moment where he's in the dark about to stick a needle in his arm. Yeah, to push, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like I said, it's not, it's not a, yeah. At least the with Saucer Full of Secrets, at least. Mom. You're right, yeah. God. Well, this song is the doldrums, that's what I would call it. Yeah. Uh, I, I, what I wrote down was the musical equivalent of flushing a toilet. Okay, well, are you giving, a, are you getting a spoiler? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe not, but I did hear like some flushed sounds. Flushed at 240 frames yeah, a second. Just yeah, <laughs> this is the definition of, like, a specific, like, soundtrack piece where something is happening. It's not necessarily music, it's just kind of, like, driving the feel or the tone of the moment. But it doesn't. You know, but, for, as, but as an individual piece that you're again that we're just we're commenting on it, you can't really say. But I mean, I'm trying to look. I'm trying to be objective. I'm trying to be. <laughs> I don't want to be deep on this one. It's just it's just <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> for all you progressive rock fans out there who who get a new album and scan it for the longest song and get your hopes up. This is the reason why it doesn't work <laughs> because you put it on and you've got seven minutes of this. And, and that's, I think that, that, that it's a shame. Yeah. No, here's, here's a funny one. Uh, so today, you know, cause I was out and about on the holiday weekend, uh, you know, doing stuff at, safely. And I didn't like, listen to this record over the past couple days so i did a really quick scan right before gotta, gotta do some cramming i did a, I did a little cramming <laughs> right before today's episode just as a refresher like i knew i knew the songs i loved but i'm like all right some of these like latter half uh, songs i'm like all right let me just do a quick scan so i got my spotify open and i'm scanning through quicksilver and it's a long one i'm like what did i say about this one what were my notes i don't remember i'm scanning through it and it's pretty slow, and I'm just going on, and I'm like scanning to like you know two minutes, three minutes, and I'm like, all right, where's it? When's it gonna kick in? Where's the part? Where's the vocals? Where are the guitars? Nope. It's and not there. 
Move on. <laughs> yeah, uh, there is no. there is one thing. Yeah, there is one thing I want to throw in before I forget. Um, as far as kind of as far as a precursor to what they would do later, uh, like the xylophones and the keyboards that you hear on here do kind of remind me a little bit of what they would do on Dark Side with time and like the great big gig in the sky. Yeah, especially in like because again those songs kind of start with those weird little kind of mm-hmm. instrument, but they have they they yeah. they they have like. A, they, they go somewhere, though. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. I mean, to be yeah. fair, like they're yeah. using their opportunity to put out an album. Like if a record label gives you money to put out an album, like, yeah. you know, why not put out an album, I guess? Yeah. Um, you know, if, if, if you're in a certain position. But, uh, you know, at least they're honing their craft um, right in the here. midst of the nonsense. Yeah. But there's a, quite a bit here. But <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. We're going to move on to Spanish piece. Uh, we'll see how long uh, I'll play this. It's a minute five. I like that. You didn't play. You didn't. You, you didn't play any did, of the you, voice. Yeah, it's there. It's just mono. You're just there. We go. Mono. All right. It yeah. So my my, yeah, my my opening statement. Yeah. Spanish p- piece of crap. All right. There we go. I think get that out of the way. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so you this, know, this, like, you yeah, this is yeah. This is just nonsense. Kind of. I mean, I felt like I was listening to like a Looney Tunes cartoon. It was like speeding Gonzalez or something. Yeah, mixed in with I don't know. <laughs> like. A, it was just, it was, it was terrible. Yeah, it was just, yeah, complete. Yeah, like you can't, I don't know what they were trying to do here. I mean, let's see, the, I don't even think, I think even the missed opportunity, I think was even, I don't even, I think they were even a, a light years away from what that. Yeah, there is, there is no missed, it was just like, st- like, stop. Okay, you, we need, yeah, just, yeah. It's right, still a minute like, four. <laughs> how can you go so bad with only a minute long song? Okay. Uh, how, how it all, it also sounds like seconds. he's. Like especially with the spoken word, like like it almost has like a say it don't spray it quality to it. Yeah, yeah. where it sounds like like it sounds like he's slobbering on the mic. Like oh, ha, ha. that voice yeah. is yeah. so close. I feel like I need to slap a restraining order. On <laughs> I feel like I am being molested by my left ear. Like it is just oh, ridiculous. Yeah. Like, like that voice shouldn't hand out candy at Halloween. It is just like <laughs> whoa, whoa. It's like it's like the anti asthma. Yeah. <laughs> it's anti asthma. Yeah, it's just, it just doesn't. It doesn't make you feel good. It doesn't make you feel comfortable. It just again, it makes you squirm in my seat. It, yeah, it, yeah, it makes you. It makes you want to just throw your arms around you and just like hold you. Just like no. Uh. I don't know what the opposite of a warm blanket is, but this is it. It's not a cold oh. blanket. It's just, yeah, it's, 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 like it's, a, a, it's a it's a soggy wet blanket that's something. been sitting just... in the street. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the very worst Pink Floyd I've, song, maybe. I don't know. Uh, I've never heard a song go from eh, "It's all right" to what on <laughs> What is this creep doing? Here? I got. I gotta I say. Yeah, exactly. No, I mean it's almost offensive. I mean, what too. Yeah, as far as just like, what are you doing? Guys, barfing in my ear. And yeah, they decided no, to record I, it. I'm so glad you guys <laughs> feel the same way. I mean, I I can't really imagine anybody 
you know, thinking this is, uh, you know, a, a, an audible pleasure in any way. You should text but, your singer and say, we're going to cover sick, this. Uh, sick yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a I, I just thought of, again, I'm going to name this movie again because I just feel like this song was made for the wrong movie. And like Mark, I didn't get very far into this movie at all. I, I'll say I didn't even get past the opening credits with the hitchhiker. Uh, so <laughs> I maybe got about like two minutes into the movie and was like, ah, I'll watch it later. And then I just didn't care to do it. <laughs> so, so I mean, from what I'm reading, I feel like there's not a whole lot of Spanish, uh, bits going on in this movie. So I'm like, why is this here? But I'm just, I couldn't help but think if this song was in the Holy mountain or Jodorowsky's El Topo, it would have made total sense. But it's not. So what is this doing here? And I got to say, when I listened to this, it made me severely uncomfortable. And I know, I, it, yeah. like, like, I'm like, it was bad. It's like, like, I, I, like that's music. what it was. I was uncomfortable listening to this song where I'm like, ah, like, when is this going to end? And fortunately, fortunately, it didn't last that long. But oh, they should have made this seven minutes. That yeah, we, voice we, 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 was so yeah, I'm sure that, yeah, is, It made me is, cringe. Is there a live ex- it's yeah, the equivalent of railing, like raking your nails down a chalkboard. It's like I know it's bad. What, what, what's well, you gotta wonder what, by request only. What, what, I'm gonna request a Spanish piece. What's that we phobia should... that people have phobia of, like sponges and holes that it make you like grit your teeth? That's yeah. what this song is. Yeah. Okay. Oh my god, that's. <laughs> No, it's funny. I, it, Chris, were you going to ask about an extended jam of this? Yeah, like, I wonder if there's a live kind of... You can imagine that. That's how we end the show, like a two and a half hour show. We're going to end with the extended version of this. <laughs> I think I found we our 30 already, seconds. You have, to sh- you have to show up to every one of Nick Mason's A Saucer Full of Secrets band and request Spanish. this song relentlessly. <laughs> like a reunion and they're going to do this one. one Is that Nick Mason's voice doing that? No, I think it's Dave. Oh, I don't know. I think it's David Gilmore, which oh, I know, like, which I, he lost, I can't believe. Oh, boy. I, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, is. Dave. You just got knocked down. <laughs> I think I knew where this guy was going. Oh, I love his opinion no. on it now. But uh, it's funny. We should put a thing on our social media. Like, okay, like a okay, questionnaire. Okay, who would buy Spanish peace? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, is it time to close this I out? Believe so. uh, yeah, I think yes. I think it is. Let's Let's get dramatic, everybody. by Mr. Mason. I think it's time to stop there. Um, I kind of had the same problem that I had with main theme, you know, main theme of the fact that it didn't have a theme and dramatic theme in the fact that it's not dramatic. So I'm not sure what there is to say. The worst part is if you're going to name it something generic at least name it appropriately <laughs> you, you, you you wouldn't say like oh yeah this is my 80s song and somebody turns it on and it's a 50s song yeah i don't i don't understand whatever this, this whatever. song sounds whatever. like it could be the doors yeah but it just never gets going at all like it, it, this point. has got to yeah, be some of the that. laziest musicality 
I've ever heard out of a band that really put, I mean, look, Piper at the Gates of Dung, how many hours do you think they spent recording that album? Saucerful was was certainly not a uh, um, you know an easy album at all to to put together either. But then this is like just that that drumming. It's like it's like take like zero point five on a guitar solo there. Like what was that? It just right. Oh, I think you can see where this album is going, and it sounds like it's going straight in the toilet. Not just for me, but for Steve. it's funny. Yeah, the first. Yeah, like like minute of the song actually kind of reminded me of something that you might see in like a Quentin Tarantino mm-hmm. movie. It's like almost like an intro mm-hmm. part you know, where it's got like this kind of where it's building and it's building it. But again, yeah, it uh, wasn't for a Quentin Tarantino movie. It was for this movie. Again, the saw. soundtrack. That's the that's the tagline for this movie. Soundtrack for the wrong movie. Right. Yeah. So they maybe that's, that, if that's the case though that they didn't do a very good job. Because they scored that's the wrong basically. film. Well, yeah, okay, I don't we'll, know what we'll, film yeah, they were we'll just, watching. Yeah, we'll, just, we'll, yeah, we'll say maybe that, that's the problem. Maybe they were just, yeah. yeah, yeah quite a bit of confusion. <laughs> hey, 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 Mr. Director, I'm really sorry. We've, we wrote all the music, but it wasn't for your film. Yeah. We or watched just, some other film. And oh, somebody some music and... You know, just, yeah we, just, we, yeah, we found just a reel that was just sitting in our, uh, like in our council. We thought that was it, but I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. It sounds like they're warming up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, right in the end. <laughs> right after 13 songs. Yeah, this is where they start to, I gotta, to build. I gotta say, yeah. this was another one where I did a quick scan before the show. And I, like, like you said, Chris, I did kind of appreciate the beginning of the song. And I appreciate yeah. it more than main theme. And I guess that's not saying much <laughs> at all. Uh, I will agree. It's not very dramatic at all. Uh, I don't maybe. It's more of a main yeah, thing. If you if think anything, about it, it sounds like something that should have opened up. The, yeah, it's like now they got the themes. This confused. is the better. This is definitely <laughs> the better theme of the two. It's nothing fantastic, but I, I, it's it's my favorite theme out of the two. Yeah, yeah well, you got you got you got two bowls of crap. Yeah, you know, one it's that's not great. Runny, uh, one one that's like dry. One. <laughs> if I had, if I had to choose I have between, to say, <laughs> if it weren't for Ibiza Bar. Boy, this this is still one of the worst B sides I've ever heard on a record. <laughs> I, I can't back. believe. Yeah. Could could you imagine? Like, I can't even. I know that we had our Van Halen, Metallica, Saint Anger, but but could you imagine? Just uh, of all the B side, you only like three minutes and nineteen seconds of it. The rest. <laughs> It's who's that, just who's that d- album d- that, everyone, d- that uh, somebody surprise flushed the rest of it? Okay, Saint Anger. Uh, that was Alex Saint flushed Anger everything from Alex. Invisible Kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just one, one, yeah, one big, uh, yeah, across the board. All right, yeah, that was pretty bad, but yeah. Are we okay. good? I think it's time for Chris to take it away. Yeah, this should be a lot of fun. <laughs> I All right, okay. seven for the buy. Right. Here we go. First one to three gets an extra buy or terminate for your exclusive Spotify playlist. Chris, take it away. <laughs> All right. Okay, question number one. Uh, according to David Gilmour in the book uh, Pink Floyd, The Early Years, uh, the band was only given one month to write, record, and edit the material. Come on, load, load, load. Okay. Yes. Yes, Mark. Me? Yeah, I'm gonna go with true yeah. because it sure sounds like it. Uh, false actually. Oh, no. It was only they, only they were they were only given eight day eight days. Oh, eight. okay. Well, sounds I had the gist of it. But right. Maybe I gotta no, be a little I, nicer uh, then. First off, you got a drummer's only drummed for a month and they get an eight eight day <laughs> limit on this. Okay, but who who listened to this back and thought, hmm, 
I know LP. Let's exactly. Yeah. And, exactly. And the, and, the fun, and, and there's one little detail I have to throw in. It was kind of funny because I guess the director would step in every once in a while and not one time did he ever like criticize anything they were doing. He just loved well, it all. Because he was on, <laughs> not, not yeah. for the drugs. That's why uh, he I know. Yeah, but, but it was funny. I even said that like, he never criticized any. He, like every time he would like look at what they were doing, like, oh, that's great. That's great. And it was that's all he ever did. There was never any well, criticism. I wonder if there's any substance really involved. Boy, I wish I could direct my stuff like that. Yeah. So, okay, I guess <laughs> Mark, uh, Mark uh, sinks in the in the first. All right. Maybe we see why the, the film wasn't too big after. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Which one of these statements is not true of the Nile song? Uh, this is multiple choice. Um, a. Written solely by Roger Waters. Uh, B. Became a live staple up through the early 70s. Or C. Contains no contributions from Rick Wright. Oh, Lord. Again, which one of these statements is not true? All right, Alex, which one of us is going to bomb out? You like the uh, Nile well, yeah. well, okay, so so read me, sorry, read me options A and C again. Uh, written solely by Roger uh, Waters, or C, contains no contributions from Rick Wright. I don't know. Do you mean no contributions as in nothing? No, he didn't no, nothing at all. Okay. And then B again was became a live staple up through the early 70s. All right, I'm going to take a guess because I feel like it was a live staple. So I feel like that part is true, or at least I hope so. I hope they played this one live. Um, I'm going to say Roger Waters didn't do all this. So I'm going to say A. Uh, no, he actually did write all oh. of this. <laughs> well, all right, Raj. Yeah, no, the photo- He's got to get one right Props now. to Raj. Yeah. Yeah, didn't, so you found it. Yeah, it was not. A, it was not a live staple. Didn't no, quite yeah, hit it, it with stethoscope, but he got yeah. it here. So All right, Wright so, did nothing. Okay, so is Kevin he gonna did. take it in the oh, end again? We'll see. Okay, well I gotta. He's gotta get one right. Yeah, let me know. All right, when am I gonna give him a doozy, or should I be nice? I don't, <laughs> <laughs> just, just be kind. Okay. It doesn't matter to me. Whatever you want. All right. Uh, okay. Uh, true or false? Roger Waters sings no lead vocals on any of the songs. True. You are correct. He gets All it. Right. All right. Got any other interesting oh. ones? Because that was so quick. Uh, let's see. Um, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I guess yeah. Just for fun. Okay. Without killing time. Uh, Nick Mason considered this record one of Pink Floyd's defining '60s records. <laughs> uh, true or false? Yeah. True or false? <laughs> what would you think? Anybody want to give it a go? Um. I am going to. Yeah, just for I'm fun. I'm gonna say no. That's no, you're you're correct. False. Yeah, he he even considered never saw it as an official Pink Floyd record, but merely just a collection of songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, well. And but he did kind of like that. It helped as far as having an appreciation and taste for uh, soundtrack work, which is kind of sad because this is not a. You know, I wouldn't consider this among the best <laughs> soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, sure. And I guess, uh, yeah, as far as just kind of answering the question, um, I guess the same design company that did the uh, Saucerful cover also did the cover for this album as well, called mm-hmm. Hypnosis. Hypno- yeah. yeah. So, but I think that was, yeah, I think that's enough. <laughs> yeah, it's a decent album yeah. cover, but yeah. yeah. All right, moving and on. And now, love it or flush it. Take it away, Alex. Tonight's <laughs> order is going to be Mark, myself, Chris, and Ed. We're going to open it up with Cirrus Minor. Mark, what do we give it? Uh, trying to remember it. Um, <laughs> it's the one that's mostly this, this instrumental. That opens up. Yeah, I, I guess I'll give it a very mild love because I do love the opening David Gilmore sound, and I believe this one is the one with the haunting organ at the end. Um, yes, and I, I, I appreciate that's that part. Correct. So, 
Yeah, I, I was originally going to be nice to it. I, I pretty much just put fine on my notes. It was a one-word review, and it was fine. <laughs> but now that I think about it, I don't really remember it. And I usually don't like to flush stuff this early, but I'm going to have to. Sorry. See ya. I have a feeling Alex's Pink Floyd love is going to be taking a hit here. Uh, Chris, yeah, well, I'm kind of with I'm kind of with Mark. I'm gonna give it a very light squeeze because again, it's our introduction to uh, Dave, and it's yeah, it's a nice kind of interesting little kind of warm feeling song. Not the best on here, but uh, I can't completely take it out. All <laughs> right, Jeff. Uh, I'm gonna give it a light squeeze too. Uh, I also wrote that it's fine, but I guess my fine is not quite flush worthy yeah. yet. Don't well, worry. Though. Oh, we'll get there. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> Track two, the Nile song. Mark, what are we giving this one? Yeah, as much as those opening lyrics are just very juvenile and, and corny, um, I do have maybe a little bit more of appreciation for this side of Pink Floyd uh, after listening to this album a couple of times and going through. Even though I don't like it as much as Azibabar, I do think it's strong enough for nice. love. Well, I'm going to give this one a buy. Uh, I'm sure that was pretty obvious. Uh, my f- my favorite favorite song on the album. A very nice surprise. Uh, I will say though, I'll, I'll agree with you guys' points. Like, if they were to do this a lot, like do like a whole album uh, of this, I might be getting a little old. But the fact that they only really do it twice in their career is is nice. So maybe it makes it stand out. So a buy for me, Chris. Uh, yeah, strong love. Uh, I would have considered buying it, but uh, uh, as far as what Mark said about a later song on the album, I kind of had to pull back a little bit on my wanting to buy it. Uh, yeah, this is—it's funny. I'd love to see David Gilmore in his solo career do a record with all songs like this. I mean, I know he's in his mid seventies, but even if he kind of even pulling it back a little bit would be kind of cool just to see like heavy rock because uh, mm-hmm. it's a very—I think it's a very much an untapped uh, aspect of what he's capable of. Sure. sure. All right, Kev. Sure. If only we could dream. Yep. Well, I am uh, gonna give this a buy as well. So uh, I don't know if there's much to say. I, I I like this side of Pink Floyd, um, and I enjoyed this song more than I did the one on the second half. So uh, it was close between them. Who knows? I might buy that one too. I might pull a Saint Anger like Mark did and buy two songs off that album. There we go. All right, track three, crying song, Mark. Yeah, I would buy this. Um, it, just in consideration of my playlist to this point, I feel like I have a little too much of the soft stuff so far. So just a strong love. Yeah, for me. I'm gonna I'm gonna agree. Uh, I'll give it a love as well. I actually kind of like this song uh quite a bit especially it was a nice it it hit me while driving and it uh had a good atmosphere to it so give it a love chris yeah uh, yeah same thing with what you said alex yeah it's just a very kind of it's a nice very warm feeling kind of driving home song kind of appropriate for the season Mm -hmm. uh i like the the simplicity of it and the kind of unique kind of musical like cinema vibe like movie, uh, yeah, like what you would see in like a '60s musical. I thought that was kind of unique. So yeah, yeah, strong cool. love. All right, and Kev. Well, I did not listen to this song while driving anywhere, so it gets the flush. <laughs> oh, nice. But what? The, uh, <sighs> All right. 
be speechless. It's boring. <laughs> All right, let's. <laughs> it's boring to me. All right, sorry. W- the millennial. I understand. All right, and we'll, we'll bring it over to uh, maybe fr- uh, freshman year high school jazz band drumming uh, up the Kyber. Mark, what do we think? Yeah. Maybe a little jazz I odyssey. Uh, I don't know. Um, yeah, Thelonious Monk and Elvin Jones, you are not Pink Floyd. <laughs> Flush that. Yeah, I, yeah I'm going to agree. And it's funny because uh, before Mark chimed in, my original notes were, cool drumming, but flush. And... <laughs> <laughs> now just a flush. <laughs> <laughs> but but now but now after Mark's remarks, I don't know if I could say cool drumming. I think it's because there's not. Yeah, just it just, flush, I, I think it's because there's flush. not a lot of busy drumming up until this point. That anything busy is like, oh man, I, it sounds cool. But if you really think about it, it's nothing special. So yeah, Chris. Yeah, Mark kind of killed this uh, for me, so I'm gonna give it a flush. It's it's kind of sad though, as far as and I think that was on my. I think that was the last question I had for uh, Seven for the Bye, uh, that I guess this was the only time on a record where uh, where Nick Mason and Rick Wright were the only two credited, you know, where there were there mm-hmm. were no contributions from the other guys, so that was kind of sad. There one mo- sure didn't make the most of it. Yeah, it's kind of sad. It was on a weird a weird soundtrack to a very, to a deep cut. Yeah, that was the only time that they were, had sole Talk credit. Talk about throwing the band a bone. <laughs> right, yeah, I know. That, yeah. that Mason slash Wright combination <laughs> <No>. <laughs> didn't turn Come out to well. <laughs> Oh, God, so that was, I know. Yeah, what do you think? That poor guy. That poor guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> Well. <laughs> you know what? Pull the handle again. Jesus. Don't even intro the song, out. Oh, boy. All right. <laughs> I'm already going. God, get the freaking double flush. <laughs> Mark's, Mark's flushing before Alex can even get to him. Jesus. All right. So is that a flush for what, the next uh, yeah, one? Yeah, no, or? no, 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 no. Let's yeah. move it on over to green is the, the color. Mark, what do you think? <laughs> I already got it. Okay. It's already <laughs> down I got, you know, I, I'm gonna be nice. To be honest, out of out of the actual softer songs, uh, this is my favorite one. So I'm gonna give it a love, Chris. Uh, yeah, same here. Yeah, I kind of like the the folky kind of uh, band style, uh, kind of uh, yeah, folk uh, balladry or whatever you want to call it. Uh, it makes you feel good. It kind of paints kind of a picture. Yeah, just somebody with their. You know, with their best gal, yeah, you know, just kind of roaming, having a picnic, and yeah, it's it's all positive, yeah. yeah. Uh, f- uh, and I like in the end though, where it kind of ends. I think it kind of ends in tra- tragedy. Yeah, the hopeful and the damned. I thought that was kind of a nice little where it goes through this very positive imagery, and it's like, well, no, that's actually not true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that this is doomed to fail. So yeah, I gotta, uh, yeah, gotta give it a little bit of love. All right, Kev. Well, um. I can't unhear the flute voice crack, so it gets the <sighs> Yikes. Brutal. <laughs> yeah. 
I hate to be one of your can students. You, can, you, can you imagine them doing... You know what that is to me, what that seems like? Is they probably did a few different takes of this song, and that was, like, the best one. But there was just one little Yikes. thing off, and they're like, that's as best as we're going to get it. I don't want to redo the whole rest of the song, so keep it in there. And it did, wait, wait, it did get past Wasn't it... It's called Miles Like Jack's was it, wasn't it Nick Mason's wife or something who did it, too? Sorry, Nick, we gave you the flush for your last song. <laughs> we were giving you the grief for your drumming, and yeah, your wife's flute. Yeah, down okay, the Pink too. Floyd bringing girlfriends into the studio. Not something I expected, but hopefully it never happens again. It's yeah. like the scene in Spinal Tap where it's, the singer all of a sudden is is as a uh, girlfriend starts managing the band and they turn into a jazz odyssey and there's like nobody at the show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she's at their playing tambourine. Yeah, that's what this is. Have you ever seen that uh, Yoko Ono video, Chuck Berry and John Lennon, where she gets the oh, mic? Oh, yes, the I have. She's just sitting there. Oh, if you have it, everybody needs to. Every, everybody needs oh, to boy. see it once in their life. But yeah, mm, all right, funny. well, let's move it on over to Cymbaline. Mark, what do you think? Uh, I like this one. Uh, another song that is saved by the organ at the end. Yeah, yeah I'm going to agree. This is actually <laughs> one uh, that kind of got stuck in my head, and as of right now, I can actually sing the chorus and know how it goes. So that's it gives it gives it a love for me, Chris. Yeah, despite again, yeah, the overly British lyrics, uh, I did kind of like the yeah the, the the music or the musical vibe yeah with the chorus and chord choices. Uh, so yeah, uh, I'll give it a All love. All right, Kev. Hmm, David Skag. Yeah, why oh, did yeah. you have I to do that? I forgot about that. Uh, no, I'm I'm actually going to give this a love. Um, I I did write down that I was uh, enough with the organ outros because we just <laughs> we've had so many yeah. organ outros, but that's okay. I'm gonna give it a love. I did actually did wake up the other day and had this in my head somehow. So yeah. All move right, on. let's move it on over to oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get this party started. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Mark, party sequence, the bongos, George of the Jungle, Rainforest Cafe. What are we giving this one? <sighs> what a closer. <laughs> Side A, party sequence. <laughs> just reminded of the intruder that goes into nothing. That's what this is. I would feel like my record player broke. That's not even admit. the worst thing on here, so it only gets a flush. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my god. I can't hear songs that sound like my record player broke. Yeah, it's so funny because when I, I realized this closed outside A, I just imagined myself putting on this record, sitting on the couch, and just this song comes on and it ends, and I see the record needle move over back into the position, and I would just sit there and stare because I wouldn't be able to believe that this like, closed is this supposed out to be a hidden track or something. You know, I, 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 don't, I don't know if you guys have come across this, but there's like some bands that'll do something kind of clever with the inner matrix of the record where they could do it, where it's just like on an endless <laughs> loop. Imagine Pink Floyd doing yeah. this. Just endless loop on the bongos a party sequence. <laughs> maybe I, maybe it works when you're freaking on uh, DMT or something like that, but I was not, and therefore it gets the flush. Chris? Um, yeah, if I wasn't, yeah, I'm saving my Terminate for something more deserving, but yeah, very deep, 
flush for this, followed by a, a uh, yeah, fo followed by a, a liquid plumber uh, chaser. I want to make sure that sucker doesn't get stuck. I want it down. <laughs> down the sewers after this. Song. Yeah, follow. Like, yeah, I want yeah, yeah, with, yeah, with some deep chemicals to make sure that it yeah, that it breaks down and goes right to where it deserves. But yeah, there is no. Yeah, it's just. Hey, don't again, you dare come back up, Kevin. Don't you dare bring up the rubber. <laughs> Kev, Kev, that party. Kev, what do we? It's, it's gone. It, it, it's been dissolved. <laughs> the party maybe of one. I, maybe. Maybe I wanted to use my second pie here. Not, Who it's, knows? It's, it's covered in... Uh, no, yeah. I don't. I want to flush. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine this being on somebody's playlist? We can lose all credibility. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. All right. Well, let's flip the record right. over and <laughs> open it up with the gong main theme, Mark. Yeah, I, I, I wrote my notes for this song. <laughs> Lamest main theme in history. Get that out of flush. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh, Agreed. I have a one-word review for it, and it's flush, so let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after our uh, deep discussion, I would have given it a light squeeze, but uh, I've decided to uh, to cut ties. And send it to the uh, the great uh, wet uh, beyond. <laughs> I gotta <laughs> give it a flush. <laughs> uh. Despite the synthum guitars, which are kind of cool, but it's not enough to yeah, save it. I got I gotta say, for whoever listens to this episode, I sure hope there's nobody who's absolutely stoked that we're reviewing this album and <laughs> loves it because ah, uh, you might hate us after this one. But they were destroying yeah. everything. Yeah. Ten of ten. You gotta make your argument for me because that's a stretch. Yeah. We'll see. People love everything. Yeah. Sometimes. Kev, Kev, are you up? Did you flush it? Uh, <laughs> Did you flush it yet? Come on. Get going. No, I'll be honest. I'm trying to. I'm trying to wonder because there's. I'm looking through the rest of my list and I don't. I, I don't know what to do. Um. No. I, yeah. I'm just gonna give this a flush. So you can move on. Oh, Kev, did you, uh, were you buying an extra Terminate or a, uh, or an extra buy? What were you doing? Uh, you might have to see. Okay. Yeah, stick I, around and find right. out. Yeah. It's yeah, called I'm, foreshadowing. I'm stick around. I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag yet. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, let's move it on yeah. over to the second rocker of the album. Thank God we needed it. Abiza Bar, Abiza Bar. <laughs> Pardon me if I'm pronouncing that wrong, but, uh, Mark, what do we think? Abiza, yeah. Yeah. No surprise there. Ring it up. All right. Yeah, I'm going to give it a strong love. Uh, pretty obvious because I love the Nile song and it's basically part two. Yeah, big fan. Chris? Uh, yeah, I'm going to buy this one as well. Um, yeah, I just uh, it's it's a little bit more kind of traditional rock. Uh, and I just yeah, kind of like it's yeah. After getting to this, because again, I was all ready to buy the Nile song until it got here. And it's like, OK, this is more it feels like more fully realized. Mm -hmm. no. That's fair. Yeah. Kev? Sure. I am also going to give this a strong love. Definitely needed on, on side B here. The only saving grace, perhaps. Okay. Who knows? All right. Have you bought anything yet, Kev? Yeah, he bought Nile Song. Okay. I bought Nile Song. Okay. Yeah. All right. Bong has been hit. Toes are out, and they are not smelling good. Billabong shorts are on. Crack is out. Door is closed. 
crate. Yeah, the pe- belt belt is loosened. <laughs> solid, <laughs> solid, <laughs> solid state crate is cranked, and you got two minutes till CME closes. The store has dispersed. Mark, uh, what do we think? Yeah, yeah. parking ticket on my windshield. <laughs> I just, yeah. want, I'm tired. <laughs> Uh, yeah, less blues for me. Give it a flush. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Keep the train going. Yeah, you guys kind of ruined it for me. All I can do is laugh. Yeah. Yeah, it's an embar- It's frankly, it's an embarrassment. So, Chris. Yeah, no, I said the other same thing. I was gonna save it, but oh. I, after after oh. the discussion, yeah, I kind of. All I can do is laugh when I hear it, because I just have that image. Yeah. <laughs> some, some idiot yeah, in his yeah, money. Yeah. yeah so just Jesus. yeah. <laughs> Getting pretty close to the janitor coming. Putting up yeah. the sign. <laughs> the out of order. Oh boy. God. The out of order sign. <laughs> <laughs> the whole second floor is out of commission. <laughs> oh, this album's starting to leak. It's starting to leak. We blew a gas. You know get. what's coming. Oh boy. Okay. Uh, yeah, track eleven, Quicksilver. Mark. Yeah, I have a question. Seven minutes yeah. and thirteen seconds. Yeah. <laughs> is the is That's the my is, question? Is the, and this no, gets a flush. Can any, is the bowl, is the bowl filled up again where we can answer. flush again? Yeah, is the water <laughs> back. Wait, I'll give it a just, minute. Just, uh, <laughs> <give it laughs> yeah, might as well keep it going. Didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah it's like okay it's like album three well technically i mean it's album three and they i know there's i guess they're still trying to figure out the tools that they're using but uh not enough to keep it on board especially at almost <laughs> yeah, seven eight minutes your own thumb exactly right stop. yeah stop drilling. yeah that's what they're doing i mean that's i can imagine there's a lot of blood going on here it's like oops oh i just put a hole through my yeah <laughs> So is this an F? Yeah, this is a flesh, yeah. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. All right, Kev. Oh, I, I suppose it is. Are you going to yes, save it? Yeah. Well, I, no, I, I'm actually lucky enough to have two T's. Oh, so nice. that's okay. one of them. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. All right, let's move it on over to oh boy, here it is. Now this is gonna be. Uh, oh, I'm yeah. ready for this one. A Spanish piece, Mark. A uh, Spanish fly. It is not. Right. It's definitely not. Uh, and I just have to say that for anybody who's still listening, uh, two hours deep into uh, a Pink Floyd album that is questionably part of the discography, if it is not clear to you by now, we are not here to kiss bands' butts. So start the T train with me because this gets the T. It does nothing to me, the demands discography. Oh, no way. Yeah, no, this is getting a strong terminate because it, it was it was yeah. offensive. It was scary. Like I was getting nightmares. Yeah, I'm using you know, yeah, I'm using chemical warfare on this sucker. Yeah, not just yeah, just just a scud. No, it's <laughs> like I want the land. Yeah, I want I want the area to suffer for yeah for uh, decades. <laughs> so yeah, big massive teeth. Yeah, 
and, and nothing else to be said yet. <laughs> yeah, not really. I, this is going to be T2 for me. I'm sure we've had oh. some, some full-on four for four with Terminates before, have we? Something off of Sunday. Yeah, Inside was saved by I... me. Inside from 5150 was saved by me. Sunday afternoon in the park was three Terminates and a flush. Um, was there anything universal in Metallica? Um, Suicide and Redemption oh. off Death Magnetic got three Terminates. But yeah, I think this might be our very first quadruple across, across the yeah. board. Yeah, that's <laughs> wow. Let, uh, one of the albums gave us uh, hitting for the cycle. Yeah. One of yeah. us. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, let's move it on to the final uh, song of the album. Here we are. Dramatic theme. Mark. Yeah, Kevin ruined this for me, being neither dramatic nor a theme. <laughs> it's it's, it's just nothing. <laughs> it's oh boy, like... that was a great backpack. Thankfully, I've left the bathroom. See, this is tough. I, I want to be nice to this one. I said the lightest of squeezes, but now, but now I can't even really remember how it goes. So, like, does that does that deserve a light squeeze? Should I be nice to it? I don't know. Uh, like like Mark said, yeah, we're a show of honest opinions. If I are, are, okay, are you gonna are you gonna ever want to go? come back to this again at any point in the uh, for the rest of your life do you want ever, ever is there ever going to be a day where you're gonna like you know what yeah my life's not dramatic my life's not theme I'm, right I'm missing now. some drama i need that, some hey, yeah I need some, no some no that's theme. a really good question <laughs> and i mean the only time i would ever go back to it is maybe after the album to listen to it again to see if i made the right choice and i probably did so let's give it a flush there we go <laughs> Oh, boy. Kev, let's wrap it up. Final opinion. What do we think? Oh, I'm Chris. sorry, Chris. I'm sorry. Chris, Chris go ahead. Chris, Chris, go ahead. Uh, even with kind of the Tarantino vibes I was getting, it's in the kind of cool Gilmore solo. It's still not enough to hold it for me. Uh, so, yeah, flush. Now yes, me, yes, it I is. Believe. Here we go. I, I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking of an album where you open up with Cirrus Minor, close side A with party sequence, <laughs> open side B, o- open side B with main theme, and close side B. That <laughs> sounds like somebody who's just there to get what? paid. <laughs> were they thinking? I don't know, but it deserves a flush. Yeah. They were there to collect a, a nice big fat check. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully they spent their money wisely. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> that was one exciting backside. You know, look, okay, so if you take it's a 13-track album, um, the entire backside basically got flushed except for a Zeba Bar. Yeah, true, actually. Everybody was flushing everything. So if you put a Zeba Bar, replaced Party Sequence with a Zeba Bar, would you have a decent album? Albeit mm. short. Yeah. Or is it still I, I think this would have been a great EP if they would have just did the original full songs without the transitions and just, you know, I think it would have been good. And what do we mm-hmm. got? Yeah, you keep uh, yeah, the Nile song, Crying yeah. uh, song. It uh, would have been a good mix of heavy, grunt, like, you know, dirgy with some of the softer stuff. And I would have even, I would have even been fine if Cirrus Minor was on there. I knew I flushed that one, but 
As long as it, I would have been yeah, fine if that would have yeah, been on an EP. I would have. Yeah, keep, yeah, keep a busy bar and just heck off the rest of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think I, you would have had a I, solid. I think that yeah. if, if they had done that, people would actually refer to this album as maybe like Pink Floyd's harder yeah. period. Right. That there would actually yeah. be like some uh, semblance of memory regarding no, no, this album. No. So. At this point, it's just nonsense. <laughs> That's yeah, the not. The, just, the, yeah. yeah. <laughs> As I said, optional for even the diehards. Um, Chris, a little optimistic there with that 7.5. Yeah, uh, I'm, 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 I think I'm going to drop. Uh, here, watch. Here we go. <laughs> five and a half. I'll, I'll do five and a half because, yeah, there were that enough two moments. Point drop. Jeez. Yeah. That might be the biggest drop we've yep. had. Yeah. We, we need Kevin, that sound. You... Yeah, we need a sound effect for that. Just a, like a... Like an anvil falling. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Kevin, you only had four uh, songs that you accepted on this. Only three on Piper, and that got a two. Accepted uh, into your, your heart. I might be yeah. a little optimistic. Uh, yeah, after, after... It's because when I ran the calculation, like Alex does sometimes, I came up with like a 30%. And I'm like, is it really a three? I think it is, actually. Okay. Let's knock it down to a three. Yeah, and, I, and I'm going to agree because I redid the calculations. Uh, uh, basically, what I did is I said I liked five of the 13 songs. So I did what? So I did what's five out of 13 as a percentage? It's about 38%. So I'll knock mine down to what, a 3.75? Or should I just say 3.5? I guess that's probably a little bit more of a realistic rating. So, yeah, what do you? Yeah, think? yeah I'll do it. I'll knock it down a full point from four point five to three point five. I'm gonna hold steady at a four. I feel like a four best represents this album for me um, because Aziva Bar and Now Song are pretty strong uh, on their yeah. own, and I do like Crying yeah. Song and Cymbeline. So, I will hold steady at four. Uh, do we want to pick a thirty seconds? Uh, do we? Do you feel like um, we care there's enough <laughs> in the two harder songs that even though if they don't represent the album, do we pick a joke? Uh, I guess you know I could pick party sequence and say that kind of represents uh, the how, album. How <laughs> about the like the last uh, like part of I guess Cirrus Minor maybe? Because again, there's a lot of that on the this record. Outro. Yeah, it does represent. I just feel the, like that's that's kind of like saucerful though it reminded me of saucerful uh then how about we go for what was the other kind of word uh how about symbol how about cymbeline yeah like the last the fading uh uh rick wright solo Mm -hmm. what do you think uh let's let's see i'll cue it up here kind of like at the end yeah You know, I'll, I'll kind of get on board with that, even, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of that section, but it does. Right, so there's yeah. a lot of that on here. Yeah. As far as that the kind of album, plotting, yes. kind of like ambient, kind of like moody. With uh, the bongos. Bongos are with there. The bongos. It's just a weird bongos. opening, though, yeah. like, to a podcast. <laughs> I feel like Aziva Bar and the guitar solo would be more. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, I told that those are my voice coming out of that. Like a joke. No, it's fine. Like those are great songs, but Welcome. they're so they're so unlike the rest of the record, though. It's almost like like where did those come? I mean, it's almost like you could have stuffed those on a yeah, like on a separate yeah, like like you guys said earlier, like an EP. But uh, they don't really I, represent the album, though. That's yeah, why I went I mean, with. I guess I'm just kind of like biased towards the uh, you know the, the 
first uh, percolations of uh, David Gilmour as a famous guitar soloist. And I love, I love those. So. Yeah, like I said, I, I, I would love to. Yeah, just as far as a favorite moment, but it's not necessarily. Well, that's not really what we're talking about. We're just talking about the thirty seconds that represents the vibe of the album. And I think at yeah, the end of Cymbeline, I think. Uh, or symbol line, sorry. Uh, yeah. Uh, I guess you were right, Mark. Yeah, the Americanized yeah pronunciation. <laughs> well, you know yeah. what's weird about Pink Floyd is that to this point they've always been a very um, group. They're not individuals. They're they're a group, and when they, they they're not about solos or individual performances or individual instrumenters. Like you know, like yes, fragile Pink Floyd will not be. Um, but you do get a couple moments on this record mm, uh, where um, you know David Gilmore steps aside and scats, or you know steps forward for his solo. So it's uh, mm-hmm. kind of an aberration, I think. For Pink Floyd, not that they went solo in the future, but they've always, to this point, be been very much of a uh, a group as a whole. Right. Yeah, Alex, what, it seems like you're kind of yeah. the casting vote. Here. I mean, I, I agree with Mark is that it's not the most exciting thing. I mean, <clears throat> I guess the way I would take it is <clears throat> if I'm coming into this album for the first time, which I I don't know, maybe most people will. I'd be like, all right, well, I, I've never listened to this album before. I kind of want to hear what these guys have to say about it. And, you know, if I personally heard something a little bit more busy and exciting, like Nile Song or Ibiza Bar right at the start, it would have been like, okay, well, maybe then maybe I would be let down quite a bit, honestly. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> maybe, that's, yeah. maybe that's why they maybe, are where yeah, they are. Yeah, <laughs> so, I mean, those are my favorite songs, but I guess if you really are representing the majority of the <laughs> album, Cymbeline would be, uh, would make more sense. So, I agree. I'll go with that. Yeah. Okay. Do we have a consensus? All right, that wraps Pink Floyd more. Hope you enjoyed a dive into a, uh, if not appreciated, at least perhaps overlooked, and perhaps you might have found something there that you disagree with us and found something uh, uh, to add to your playlist when you're digging back to this era of Pink Floyd. So that's what we're here for, and we will see you again uh, six months into the future with Amagama, Pink Floyd's fourth album. Uh, just a quick note, we will not be covering the live version of the album, or essentially a record number one. Uh, we will only be coming uh, covering the studio album version of it which are the side three and side four of the uh the record so um you know i'll listen to all of it but uh, we will be focusing on the studio album portion of this so see you around the corner with amagama um,